Well, Elijah, we're not dead yet. We're not dead yet, fortunately. I mean, if you think about it, though, in the passing time, we get closer to death than we did living. That's generally how aging works, yeah. And every second that ticks by, we'll never get it back. Like... Every moment, like... You know, there's a moment in the future. It's coming up. It's coming up. It'll be there soon. Right. Oh, there it is. And now it's gone. Right. I missed it. Like, today is... It was just here a moment ago. Today's Wednesday, August 17th. Yes. It's 9, 10 p.m. Pacific time. Pacific. And 41 seconds. That'll never happen again. Never. We're never going to get that time back. It's kind of sad when you think about it. But it, it's also not because it's so arbitrary. And also, who knows? You know, maybe, maybe we are in an endless time loop and we just don't know it yet. That's true. But... Before we get down this black hole... That's a, that's a whole different kind of podcast. Before we get down this black hole, oh, welcome I, I to the Cross it. Country Sports Podcast. We're recording our first episode since May 5th, and we're doing it in person. Yeah, we are. I'm Noah Friedman. I'm Elijah Zalonki. And this is... Yeah, okay. We, yeah, we, this, we, I mean, it's the Cross Country Sports prod, Podcast, but we're probably going to change that soon. Oh! Because... Do, do, you want, do you want to share the news? Well, I'm, I'm going to be in LA for a little while. Uh, probably a long while. Woo! It's a sound effect. Heck yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's not really across the country. It's more cross county. That's kind of funny. <laughs> cross Honestly, county. Depending on well, we'll, where we'll, you we'll, end we'll, up. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. That's we'll true. It out. But, but it, like, like I said, this is our first episode in four months, three months. I can't do math. This is why I did journalism. Right. And there's been a lot that's happened in the NFL because obviously there's no off season even though there is, but we can start with the fact that we, we touched a little bit on it before we said goodbye in our last episode and even the episode before that, but that was that there were a lot of wide receivers on this open market who were either refusing to hold out or holding out, or holding out. Thank you. Right, right. In the case of guys like Terry McLaurin, right. Who currently plays for the Washington commanders, which by the way, oh, yeah, I thought about that. It's going to be really easy for me to transition from the R word to the Washington football team, to the commanders. I still, I still think football team's better than commanders. I'm not saying you're wrong. But, like, but yeah, no, it won't be too hard to make that transition. I, I agree. And so, Terry McLaurin, he held out, but it turns out that the market has been very good to him. He just agreed to a three-year, $68 million deal. Yeah. Uh, with $22 million guaranteed. And that only places him about 28th on the list of wide receivers. Just Something kidding. like that. It's not, it's not 28th. Oh, no, it's... it's... Um, right above him, I actually, think he actually got the... M- the most out of free agents, no? No, he did not. And I mean, I, for receivers. No. Who got more? Uh, the guy I'm about to talk about next. Oh. And it's the guy who we've talked about on this podcast so much as being a wide receiver, but he really is a positionless player. Debo. If you think about it. Debo Samuel, very good. But he wasn't a free agent. Right, but... Think. They but extended him. They extended him. Right, three, which I didn't think was going to happen, by the way. Years, mil, three years, 71.5 mil, 23.8 million guaranteed, in annual, average annual value. Yeah. So, so he's above Terry. And then who's above him? Somebody who plays in the NFC West, DK Metcalf. Oh, right, right. DK, DK got Metcalf got three Which years, 72. I think makes sense. At 24 million. At 24 million. That's, a, that, that's, a, that's a good move for Seattle, I think. You know, you want to. He's. You know, now that Russell Wilson's gone, he's kind of the face of the franchise. And by the time they have a quarterback that they need to pay a whole lot of money, um, that contract, that DK contract should be up. Um, and so, yeah, I think that move makes a lot of sense. You know, whoever is going to be quarterback uh, in Seattle the next three years, you know, I don't think Drew Locke is going to have the position for that long. Uh, but it's nice to know that he has a really, really solid target in DK Metcalf. 
uh, for a long time. More than solid, you know. Uh, DK's got a lot of potential to be one of the... I think he's got greatness potential. Uh, and yeah, I think that's just a really, you know, smart move by Seattle. And you know what's funny? I always think about it because we haven't done a podcast in so long. It's just a huge people forget because we're talking about Drew Locke in Seattle. Oh my goodness, he's in Seattle. That's right, because Russell Wilson got traded to the Broncos. Right. For literally the King's Ransom. And mm-hmm. so you have Drew Locke, who had a great wide receiving core, by the way, albeit an injury, a very injury-prone wide receiving core. Right. In Denver. Right. Now he gets DK Metcalf in Seattle. Russell Wilson gets Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy yeah. and Albert a boy killing mom. I can't even say it. I can't. I, that was really bad. No, who, you tried. Who just so happened to be Drew Locke's teammate when they were both at the University of Missouri. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Oh, right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, so, so that's interesting. Essentially, he wasn't a part of the deal. No. Well, no, a fan was. No, a fan was. That's why. That's why. That's, that's, a, that's a big, you that's, know. That's, that's why a, Albert O is going to get a lot more targets now in Denver. That, that's like, you know, it's hard to trade a franchise quarterback, especially one of Russ's caliber, you know arguably by the end of his career he might be considered top 10 all time however if you're gonna trade one like you're gonna want to get back a lot of really good players and a lot of good picks and seattle did just that uh, and i think no offense still has potential to be a really really good tight end uh, for a long time um and you know like i think seattle is like a year away from being a relevant team again but still you know like if you're again if you're going to trade a great quarterback at least get a lot back for him, and Seattle did just that. So, um, good move for them. I mean, Seattle needs quarterback. So, this Drew Locke thing is just going to be a placeholder at this point. Right. I mean, he's not even going to start in the game tomorrow night against your Chicago the Bears. Bears. Is it going to be Geno Smith? It's going to be Geno Smith because Drew Locke tested positive for COVID this afternoon. Oh, that sucks. So. I hope, uh, I'd like to see Geno Smith get a shot to be, like, the full-time starter. I don't think he's very good. I mean, he's very much a backup, but, like, you know, it'd be cool to see him, uh, See him get a shot again. I mean, it kind of reminds me, his positioning on Seattle's team reminds me of another Seattle quarterback, RIP Tavares Jackson. Oh, right. Basically just a mainstay on that team, but didn't contribute in the slightest, but then, you know, obviously comes in and can do what he does when he is called upon on the field. Right. Very much like a, just a very solid backup, but like not, you know, not someone you want to give the reins of the franchise to necessarily. No, exactly. And there's so many good quarterbacks out there right now who are playing collegiate football who are going to be up there in the 2023 NFL. Collegiate draft. football. It's what called if, the NCAA. What if we called it collegiate football like all the time? It was like, hey guys, you want to go watch some collegiate football? I don't know. I think it's funny. I don't think people from Arizona State would understand. Yeah, they'd probably be like, wait, what? Yeah. What does that even mean? Uh, but- Self burn to me. Oh, yeah. Well. Also, I forgot to ask you. Totally random pivot because I feel like we can move on to the next subject anyway. But how was your summer? Because oh, it was a great summer. We, we literally haven't talked. I, to, I mean, we, we've talked obviously. I, I had it. I had a, I had an awesome summer, much better than the Cubs. That's for sure. Um, Why you know. is that? They didn't trade Ian Happ or Wilson Contreras. I'm actually happy they didn't because me I too. Think, I think that means they want to extend them, and I think those are very extendable players. There's something about having a catcher like Wilson Contreras. Not only, you know, one of the better hitting catchers in the league by far, but also just like a motivator. Really works well with pitchers. Um, yeah, he's not the best pitch framer in the world, but you know he, he's 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 a really good backstop. And also having a catcher like hu- that that hustles as consistently as Wilson does, I think that's just like I, I think that could really set the tone, really set like you know get the culture on the right track. And I just think that uh, you know not trading him was the right move, and I hope that it means the Cubs will extend him at the end of the season. Um, I don't know why they would if you're gonna 
think about trading him and literally deep in conversation with other teams, him and Ian Hat both. Right. And then just hang on to them when they're not even going to be in contention. Yeah, right. no, I, there's no point in trading there's them at no this point. point. I, that's, I agree with that. No. Although we did trade some other, uh, you know, we traded some bullpen arms and flipped them for young prospects. Uh, Hayden Wisniecki, a really exciting prospect, uh, starting pitching prospect from New York. Uh, the Yankees, that is. Uh, and then they got Ben Brown from Philadelphia, a really exciting uh, fireballing uh, righty who I think is going to be very good too. So, like, I'm actually happy with what the Cubs did at the trade deadline. Uh, but, yeah, they've been pretty bad this year. Same with your Angels, you know, falling apart. Awful. Just awful. Shohei, he was four for five today, a home run. or I think, yeah, he had a home run and a triple. Um, and they lost 11-7 to to the Seattle Mariners. Yep. Yeah, it's just like, it's just a very typical thing for them. Also, Trout has his back issues now, and it's just like, yeah, it's kind of, as, as usual, rough time to be an Angels fan, I imagine. It's been a rough time to be an Angels fan since 2015. Yeah, that's fair. When they literally had the best record in baseball and then took on the Kansas City Royals. And was got... that 15? I thought that was 2012. No, that was 2015. Sure. They got swept. And that was Mike Trout's only playoff appearance, 2015. I don't think it was 2015. I'm going to look that up right now. I think it was 2015. It was either 2015 or 14. It was probably 14. 14? Okay. I think, I think it was 14. Well, in any case, we'll they had the best record in baseball. They went up against the Royals. Oh, yeah, you know what? It was because the yep. Royals went to the World Series, but they, they lost they the had, They had the best record in the AL, I think, because the Cardinals had 200 wins that year. Or... 100 wins that year. Oh, did they? And the Angels had 98. But, yeah, it, semantics, right? But, yeah, they were probably the best team in the AL, and they played the the Royals, and, yeah, they just couldn't they couldn't do anything. Yeah. They just floundered in the playoffs. Um, it's really tough to be an Angels fan right now. They fired Joe Madden during the time that we were gone. Yeah, I don't understand and, that. And can I just say, they fired Joe Madden the weekend they were supposed to celebrate the 2002 World Series Championship. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. He was a part of that team. He was he was the bench coach. That's ridiculous, yeah. man. I'm sorry. Like I know, like really, you think they've been bad for so many years, and you think Joe Madden's the problem? I just I don't know, man. I mean, I understand. Yeah, they walked a guy with the bases loaded that one time, um, which was a questionable move, and it did not work out. Even though the Angels did win that game, but like they intentionally walked Corey Seager with the bases loaded. I should emphasize intentional. Who plays for the Texas Rangers? Right. Now, by the way. Right. Right. I, I just like you know. If, but if that's the reason, that's ridiculous. Because that's one instance in a game you won, and I, I just don't understand the logic behind. Um, I, I just don't understand the logic behind firing Joe Madden. I'm gonna so, tell, yeah, I'm it's gonna been tell a sad you, baseball year for us. I'm gonna tell you why the Angels are bad, and it's ironic because the problem wasn't initially this person before, but as he's gotten older and more just into the team for no apparent reason, it's already Moreno. Is he the owner? Yes, he is. Wow. And he is... I don't want to say he's the worst owner in all of sports because it's not like he's racist or, you know, has covered up a bunch of, you know, scandals, stuff like that. Right. Like Dan Snyder with the Washington Commanders. Right. But he's awful in the sense that he involves himself too much in the day-to-day operations and, and doesn't let anyone do their job. Yeah. He literally... And obviously, yeah, he's the owner. He's got final approval on if trades go through or not. Like, for example... I forget if it was last season or the season before, but the Angels and Dodgers had a trade in place that would have sent Jock Peterson and Ross Stripling to the Angels for Luis Renjifo. Oh, wow. And why, why did that fall through? Because of Artie Moreno. Mm. He didn't want to do it. Yeah, that's that's annoying. That, yeah. See, I just, I don't know, man. I think that the Angels are very, and I, yeah, it's kind of like he has a, a bit of a Jerry Jones complex. Yeah. You know, I, Jerry Jones probably knows football better 
then he knows baseball, though. Well, so. because Jerry Jones is also the general manager of the team. Right, right. Like, he at least, like, accepts that title. On, like, he cleaned yeah. house when he bought the Dallas Cowboys in 1989. He fired right. Tom Landry. Right. He fired Tex Schramm, and he named himself GM. And he, right. And he made all those moves, paid off at the beginning, and then... The Herschel Walker deal. Woo! Yeah. No, can that's you, like... Can you believe Herschel Walker is running for Senate in Georgia? No, okay. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. This, this is not a... No, not not, not the point, yeah. And I'm not a fan of his, but anyway, that's not the point. I'm trying to just say that what a world we live in. It is a crazy, <laughs> it is a crazy world that we live in. Um, flipped upside down in 2016 after the Cubs won it all, or maybe it was Harambe. November 2nd, 2016. I'll always remember be- the date. B- best day of my life. Because I FaceTimed you yes, and your you did. dad because you were with your dad. I was. Like, could not have scripted anything. It was. It was a perfect. It was the best day of my life. And, and, and I was with. And my, I was. I lost a year of my life that day, and it was worth it. I was with my friend Jacob, not your brother Jacob. I was right. with my friend Jacob, who just so happens to also be a Cubs fan. I'm surprised still that you two haven't met yet, but we'll I'd have love to, to meet. I'd love to meet this Yeah, guy. we'll have to make that happen now that you're going to be in LA. You know, something about that game, Noah, is game seven of the World Series, right? Yeah. Cubs are up four runs. It's five to one in the fifth inning. Uh, Kyle Hendricks. Newport you know, Beach, my, California. Newport, Newport Beach. Uh, my favorite player, probably in the history of sports, uh, honestly. But that's not really the point of where I'm going. But like, basically, he was, you know, led the league in ERA that year. Is a two thirteen ERA. He gets the first two guys of the inning, the fifth inning, and then two two count to uh, I can't remember who the bet who was up to bet at the time. I really don't remember. But he throws strike three, but they called it a ball, even though it was very clearly on the plate. And then he threw strike four, but they called it a ball, even though it was clearly on the plate. He walks the guy. Joe Madden takes out Hendricks and put in John Lester, you know, out of a fear that Jason Kipnis would get a home run or, you know, like that Hendricks would start to flounder. Uh, ended up, Kipnis did not hit a home run, but those two runs ended up scoring because of, like, a weird dribbler that went, like, four feet that got thrown away and then a wild pitch. Anyway. Uh, but you don't remember who the batter was, but yet you remember the entire well, sequence. I remember Kipnis batting and getting uh, to second base on an overthrow. Chicago native, right? Uh, yeah, Kipnis. Chicago native Jason Kipnis. Uh, and that made the game 5-3. You know, it was 5-1, to one, you know, like... I, people, I argue with Cubs fans about this all the time. I think that was the wrong move to take Hendricks out of the game. Uh, however, I mean, you know, obviously the Cubs ended up winning anyway, but I think it was the wrong... You know, like, you have the, the, the top ERA pitcher in all of baseball, you know, 2-13 ERA that season. It's insane. Uh, and he's dealing. He's pitching really, really well, and they took him out in favor of... Uh, John Lester, who ended up doing a really good job that day, but, like, you know, those two runs ended up scoring anyway. And I just don't understand how Cubs fans can... Ra- Look, I'm happy it worked out the way it did because it was the best game I've ever seen. But I don't know. I guess it's, like, uh, something I want to talk about. Maybe we won't talk about it this show because we do have other things to cover. Yes. But um, uh, just, like, have you, have you ever seen your team win a championship? Or, you know, like, have you ever been a part of a championship and still been, like, you know, like, there are moves that your team makes along the championship run that you still question to this day? even after, uh, you know, even if it ends up working out. Like, I don't know if that's just a me thing or if it's, that's just, like, a thing that happens. I mean, I can't remember. I mean, obviously, I was old enough to remember Super Bowl Forty One, which oh, yeah. we talk oh, about yeah. frequently. Yes, we do. I don't remember the Colts making any, like, trade deadline moves. I just oh, re- you know what was the move they made? They, they got wrong that game. It's kicking to Devin Hester. Well, yeah, of course. It was the opening touchdown. Yeah, that's like, yeah, that, 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 that's an answer for that, yeah. that question. Yeah, like, what, I like that, I like, I like that discussion topic. Like, what's the... You know, if you've seen your team, if you've been lucky enough to see your team win a championship, what's a move that they made that you still question to this day from that championship? I think about three Super Bowls later, when the Saints and Colts faced off in Miami, and Sean Payton decided to roll the dice and have 
Thomas Morstead kick an onside kick to begin the second half. And it worked. And it worked, and they freaking won the game. Yeah. I still hate Tracy Porter to this day. I don't blame but you. But that changed speaking the momentum of, of the game. Speaking of the Saints, by the way, uh, they got Jarvis Landry, right? They do. I think that'll be really nice but for But they James. don't have Odell Beckham Jr. yet. Yet. Oh, right. that'd be fun. That would be so Oh, that's going to be so because, fun. And they also signed Tyron Matthew. Oh, my God. They're bringing a, back the an, band. They're... Well, yeah, they're bringing back the LSUers. Yeah. And they have Jameis Winston, who J- is J- back from his ACL. Jameis Winston's getting it traded straight up for Joe Burrow. That's a joke. It's definitely a joke. It was a joke, but I, I mean, it'll be, it'll be funny if they but just really went full LSU. Speaking of which, that's actually a good point to move on to our next topic if you want to talk former number one overall quarterbacks. Because another story that happened while we were, I guess, can you say we were on vacation? I mean, you, yeah, you, I mean, was, you were working. I, well, I mean... And I, I was somewhat. We were on vacation. Let's yeah. just say we that. were on vacation from the podcast. Right. But in any case, the connector to what I was talking about and what you had brought up with former number one overall quarterbacks, and the former number one overall quarterback got traded. Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Got dealt from the Cleveland Browns to the Carolina Panthers for a 2024 conditional NFL draft pick. So yeah, let's go through those 2018 quarterbacks. That was a very hyped up draft class. Yep. Um, you got Baker Mayfield as number one pick. He's in Carolina. Yep. The number three overall pick that year, Sam Darnold. He's also in Carolina. In Carolina, which is just crazy to me. Um, you know, they'll be fighting for the number one job. I think Baker will win. I agree. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, and now they're on the same team, which is just weird. Um, then Josh Rosen. Where's Josh Rosen now? Is he with the Falcons? Josh still? Rosen was with the Falcons the last time I checked. I can go ahead and do some research because, obviously, it's very important to uh, see if our Jew who's – not necessarily Jewish. Josh still. Allen's, you know, MVP level quarterback uh, at this point, and um, he went six. He went eighth, I believe. Six was a uh, Roquan Smith, Roquan. who we also oh, need to talk cares. about, by the way. Uh, but, um, but oh, yeah. Josh, Josh Rosen, Cleveland Browns. Oh yeah. Oh, he's on the Browns. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yep. That is so funny. That's definitely his first year. Oh my god, that's that's hilarious. But oh, but and then uh, and Lamar is Lamar. You know, like he's still with Baltimore. Number thirty-two. I remember yep, that. Number thirty-two. And I find it so interesting with Lamar because he's in a contract year, and he doesn't have an agent. He's representing himself in this contract negotiations. Yeah. And so they're trying to figure out. That's another big off-season story: is can the Baltimore Ravens agree to a long-term extension with Lamar Jackson? And if you're thinking about the fact that he's representing himself, obviously people have done that before. In baseball, I can think about a player who represented himself and did very well for himself. David Robertson, who's currently the closer for the Philadelphia Phillies. This is true. He, and this is second stint, by the way. Right. Because I think he was on the Cubs well, his, and got oh, traded. Oh, yeah, yeah, He was a big-time journeyman. He, yeah, he got traded he, for, for Ben for Brown. The, yes, exactly, yeah, yeah. for the Phillies prospect you're yeah, talking yeah. about. So he was with the Yankees, I believe, and then he was able to negotiate his own contract in – for agency. With the White Sox and then the Cubs or something like that? So, something crazy. Yeah. But in any case, with Lamar, you don't really think about superstars on that kind of level representing themselves in contract talks. Right. right? And so, but listen, the Baltimore Ravens have always had a top five front office. This is true. And they've always been able to make players that they feel valued feel valued. Yes. So, like, for example... Marshall Yonda retired a few years ago, but they were able to string out his potential. And, like, it, it, it trickles down, right? It's a trickle-down right. effect. Yes. Steve Bichotte is the but owner. But it actually works. He's, he's, he's been great ever since he bought the team from, I believe it was Art Modell. Yes. In 2003. And, uh, and um, Ozzie Newsome. Well, no longer there. Right. He's, I think he's still an advisor, but, but he's, he's but no he longer the culture. He, he a did. Culture there, and right. that goes back to the Cleveland Browns, who became the Baltimore Ravens. Yes. There's a great NFL Network documentary about that. 
Cleveland 95, I think oh, it's I called. Remember. A, I remember. A football life, I think it is. They had Saban. They had Bel- uh, Belichick was the head coach mm-hmm. and Saban. And, uh, Kirk Ferentz yep, yep, was yep. currently the Iowa coach. The uh, the Falcons and Chiefs GMs, future GMs were there. Right. Yeah. Uh, Scott Pioli and Thomas Dimitrov. Thank you. Yep. I, I, love, you, you that. Know these I love that documentary. It's a, it's a good one. It's a so, good one. in any case, it'll be very interesting to see what kind of figure the Baltimore Ravens can get for Lamar Jackson because we just... We just don't know, especially with the contract negotiations, too. Like, I mean, thinking I'm, about... I'm guessing, like, a, probably, like, a six-year, 150 mil, something like that. Something in that ballpark. Five years, maybe, 150 mil. But well, he's got a lot. I mean... He's earned it. If you want to quickly jump subjects to another topic that we were talking about in terms of high-paid NFL quarterbacks, we could talk about Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Who's he, currently with the Cleveland Browns. Currently with the Cleveland Browns. $230 million contract and was offered to him... Before there was something settled with his sexual assault um, civil suits. Right. Which 24 women are accusing him of sexual misconduct um, in terms of his behavior. In, during massages. During massages, thank you. And it was ruled while we were gone on vacation that... So Roger Goodell decided to have an independent judge look into the case, which... I mean, if you're Roger Goodell, you can just do it yourself, but I feel like he's gotten enough flack for things like Ray Rice and Calvin Ridley. So he decided to have a third-party person come in. Um, I forget the judge's name, but that's not the point. The point is she ruled six-game suspension for Deshaun Watson. Oh, yeah. That's it. Yeah, I think that's absurd, by the way, but that's not really my place, I guess. But yeah, It's not, because we're not lawyers. Right. But But the the NFL decided to appeal it, and they are calling for an indefinite suspension that would last at least one season. So that's still in the works. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. He did play on Friday night in the Browns preseason opener. How did he look? I didn't watch it. I didn't game. watch it at all. Fair. I'm not... I I, I, Pre- mean, I can look it up for you right now. Preseason's a little but... arbitrary, in my opinion, because it's like... It, they're, pretty much ju- they're pretty much just scrimmaging. It's just practice. Well, And, and I mean, not that practice is an important, you know, Alan Iverson, but... We're like, talking about it. We're talking about it. But no, but it's like... It's still like, you know, it's just what they've been doing in training camp. Except we all see it. That's the only difference. They won 24-13, by the way. How did... Were his numbers good? Uh, I'm looking right now. And yeah, Deshaun got a big contract. Uh, Mr. Bisky, who was the same draft class, got a little contract. Two years. Two years. I think 10 mil or 12 mil or something. Not a lot of money, but, you know, he's got a really good team around him. He looked good. I, he was That was on the preseason game I watched, by the way. Uh, and I watched it for Mitchell Trubisky because I'm his biggest fan. Um, and Deshaun Watson, good. by the way, one of five for seven yards. Oh, okay, so That's not, not much. He no, didn't, didn't I, I'm pretty sure he was only out there for one series. Probably. But um, in any case, so, like, this is like baseball. You can appeal a suspension, and especially at this stage, you can play. Right. And it's preseason, so obviously it's his right. It's Kevin Stefanski, the head coach's right, to put him out there. Mm-hmm. And the backup plan is Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. Probably, unless Josh Rosen somehow has a really good rest of his preseason. The thing is, they still have Hunt, right? Kareem Hunt is still there. He, that's another storyline. He requested a trade. The Browns said no. Okay. <laughs> I don't blame them because the thing is, like, talk about an underrated player. He is he is so good. That guy's so shifty. He makes so many people miss. He's like, he's like that, that one-two punch of running backs could still win you a lot of games, uh, especially because they have some pretty good defensive talent. Um, I don't think they're going to be very good this year, and I don't think Brissett's the answer. He's uh, not. That's why he's a backup. Right. But um, this is... This is the fault of the Browns and Andrew Barry, their GM, for wanting to trade for Deshaun Watson, full well knowing everything going on in his personal life. 
Oh, yeah. And them go- coming out, and Jimmy and Dee Haslam are the owners of the Browns, and they are in full support of what's going on. It's crazy to think that they could just turn their shoulder on everything. It feels very weird to like the Steelers more than the Browns, but I, I kind of, like, I'm much more into the Steelers than the Browns this year. Which is just a weird thing. Well, you, know, you also love Mitchell Trubisky. Yes, too. I do. But also, like, I like the... I mean, I just don't like the, what the Browns are doing at all. I think it's, you know, just garbage. Well, you know who's on the Browns? And I, I don't... I'm pretty sure we talked about it because it's a free... Or a uh, um, trade move. Amari Cooper. This is true. Yeah. And and that sound, by the way, you hear is... My dog. Elijah's awesome dog, Luna. Yes. Who we have featured many times when we have been Zooming. But yes. this is now the first time that I've been able to spend quality time with Luna. I met Luna last year for maybe a total of three minutes to the point where you literally brought her out of whatever cabinet was that you were staying in just so that I could say hi. Yeah, Luna is um, a really good dog. Uh, you know, really weird football opinions, though. Uh, she True. We have asked her before in the past, haven't yes, we? Yeah, and uh, I mean, you know, she thought Carson Wentz was going to be MVP last year. I don't know where she got that he idea. He had his best year. He had a really good year, statistically, and then, I guess. But then shipped that terrible game against the Jaguars. I think the players don't like playing with him. Well, he's also unvaccinated. It's That's literally right. known. So, yes. and everyone questions his character. Right. Which I mean, that's digging a little bit too deep if you're asking me. Right, but it's important but, for quarterbacks. You got to have Oh, very much so. I mean, character. like you're literally running the show for your team. There's a reason why Tom Brady, who as we talked about on the podcast before, retired for maybe 30 minutes and came back, is literally commanding every locker room that he's been in. It was such an easy transition for Tom Brady to play 20 years in New England. And oh, then yeah. literally go to Tampa Bay and just completely change the culture. Oh, yeah. The no, best move was thing. obviously changing their uniforms, though. Yes. In my opinion. I agree. Like, they, they look so much better now. Oh, my God. So much better now. I mix, I hope we get to see him in a creamsicle outfit this year, though. That'll be fun. I'm sure I that... I think we do. I, I, th- I think they do are going yeah. to feature it. By oh, the, Bears' new uniform is pretty cool. The orange ones. Oh, the, yeah, with the helmets. The orange helmets with the blue Ooh, seat. Those I are like nice. those, but I've seen concepts of all-white Bears' uniforms. With like a navy blue sea, or yeah, like a navy blue sea on a white helmet, which mm-hmm. I thought was much cooler. But yeah, like the orange, the orange on orange, couple games a year, I'm cool with that. I'm very cool with that. But um, also, I wanted to say before going back to the Buccaneers, they made a move this past week. They signed Carl Nassib, who played on the team in 2018, 2019. Oh right. And he's started 17 games, 12 and a half sacks with the Bucks during that time. Really? And yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, he, he was literally at his best years. And then he went yeah. to the Raiders and, of course, made the hallmark announcement that he is the first no, openly gay active player in the NFL. Oh, right, right, right. And well, good for them. Yeah, good for good for Tampa for having that inclusion to sign him. Anyway. Also, I mean, also, and, like, like, the Raiders were obviously He's also a really good too. player. He's a, yeah, he's a yeah. good player. Yeah, he's quality. It's just quality defensive end. Yeah, and it, it would be nice to just talk, also, talk about it and not think it's news, but just it's it's a, it's a big deal. You know what else is a big deal is the fact they got Julio Jones in there. If he can stay healthy. If he can stay healthy. Plus, but I'm very happy he got he, – I think he will. He's I mean, away from the Titans. He just, need, he just needs to be the number three option every now and then. Cause think about it, you know, you still got Mike Mike Evans and and, and Godwin, mm-hmm. Godwin, yeah, Godwin's still there. So yeah, I mean, it's a it's a good, it's like that. Those are three really good receivers. Like Julio doesn't need to put up the numbers he was putting up with the Falcons, right? No, he just needs to be a dependable third down guy, probably for Tom Brady. Uh, and I mean, one might argue Julio. Well, I wouldn't say Julio is the best receiver Brady's ever had because Brady's had uh, Brady had Dion Branch. <laughs> I love Deion Branch. Uh, because, uh, well, Julian I mean, Edelman? Randy Moss. 
True. Yeah. 2007. Yeah. He, 2007. He, that's still a record, right? 23, oh, yeah. touch, 23 yep. touchdown receptions for a season? Sure is. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, but, you know, I, I just add that, add add Julio to the list of all-time greats that Brady's played with, and, you know, I'm sure they'll connect for many touchdowns. If he stays healthy. So we went, he had Antonio so... Brown for much of last year. He had Julio this year. That's my 2015 championship roster nucleus for my fantasy team was uh, Julio and uh, and Antonio Brown. Did you see what Antonio Brown posted on Twitter last week? Yeah, about him being like the Jesus or the Beatles. I, I just I, I, can I can I read this full quote? It's yeah. it's awesome. Like it literally took. I, like, I love it, Antonio it. Took over Brown, social media. I'm gonna just to be clear. I love Antonio Brown. I think he's the most fun player in the NFL, and I hope he gets a contract soon because he's really good still. He's a really good player. There's no way around it. So, first of all, his Twitter. His Twitter description is awesome. Business is booming. Hashtag call God. Hashtag 84 slash 7 Super Bowl champion. Super Bowl 50. Himothy is what he says. Um, he's talked with Kanye West. He talked with Kanye West a couple of days ago. And then w- one week ago tomorrow, he posted this incredible just batch of thoughts. My biggest regret in my career doesn't involve calling my GM a cracker or showing up to Raiders camp late in a hot air balloon with frozen feet. Or throwing rocks at that UPS driver. And it definitely doesn't involve taking my shirt off and doing a victory lap around the Jet Stadium mid-game while throwing up deuces. My biggest regret is that I'll never get to see me, me, Antonio Brown, play a game live. Sure, I can't watch the game afterwards, but I can't imagine what that was like for you all to see something like that. Like watching the Beatles or Jesus perform at Red Rocks. Yeah, I, I love I love him. Incredible. I love him. He's just he's tr- he's just a great troll, uh, and he's really funny. And also, he's really good at football. And I'm wondering if someone will sign him soon. Because the thing about Antonio Brown is he's still, you know, I, I I watched a lot of his tape from last year. He's still a deep threat, right? Like he could still scoot, like get he get his ass downfield. He's really good after the catch. You know, ball in his hands. Yak. Make yeah. He's he's really good at that yak. And I mean. He's good at like like he, he he's a good go up and get it guy. Like he can still you know jump really well and like you know make outstanding catches. He's an athlete. He's the whole package. He's the whole package. And that's why I think I would love to see him on the Bears. I I think he could help Justin Fields so much. I'd love to see him. I, I don't think we're gonna see. I don't think Antonio Brown's gonna sign anywhere anytime I, soon. I don't either. But man, I I I mean, what did he do? Oh man, he took off his shirt and he left the stadium. Okay, like so. That was his opinion. He yeah, was. He, I just I don't think that's a. Like, I don't think that's that bad of a thing to do, all things considered, right? We have worse people in the league. Um, but, For sure. But I definitely anyway. agree with that. So hopefully he signs a like contract Like Deshaun Watson. Soon. Yeah, right? Uh, but hopefully he signs a contract somewhere soon. Luna, lie down. <laughs> Luna's being very obedient at this very moment. It's, is it's, she? It really is. She just lied down. She did, yes. Is it lied down or laid down? Well, I don't care. I know. Yeah. Well, listen... We've been spewing for over half an hour. Can you believe that? It's yeah. Been, it's been half an hour. I, I can, I can is, believe it. Is there anything else that you can think of right now? Yeah, I hope the Bears trade Roquan Smith. Really? Uh, yeah, he doesn't want to be there, and I don't want him to be there. Right? Like, I think he's a great player, but, I mean, the Bears are generally very good at signing linebackers. I think this undrafted kid, or maybe he was a seventh-rounder, Jack Sanborn from Wisconsin, I really liked him in college. Even... Um, you know, before he was drafted, like I, I was, uh, or before he went to the Bears, like I really, really liked his game in college. Uh, I think he could definitely hold it down, especially now that the Bears have, you know, they really bolstered their secondary. They got Kyler Gordon with their first pick in the second round. Washington, right? From Washington, yep. yep. Who played opposite. Very Trent good. McDuffie. 
um, meaning he was challenged a lot, and he still was really good. And it's the um, Pac-12, which is like a lower-tiered Power Five, but still, but still like an a, in, like a like an air raid. Yeah, it's a very you know? pass-happy league. Exactly, and you know he he's really good, really good player. Uh, Jaquan Brisker's been killing it. You know, like uh, all the reports on him is that he's just been flying all over the field. He's the new uh, Tennessee strong safety. Oh no, I'm sorry. Uh, Penn State, I believe. Penn State. But I could. I need to double check. Wasn't there that. a wide receiver that got drafted? Valus Jones. Valus Jones. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Um, that's right. He's he's going to be very good too. I feel like. I think he'll be pretty good. Yeah, I think it, like, he's a, a a low a low floor. Well, a high floor. He's got a lot to learn from Darnell Mooney. I feel like. Yes, and Mooney's Mooney's gonna he's gonna Mooney's gonna show like he'll be a number one. He won me in my fantasy league last year. Yeah. Darnell Mooney. He is that good. I, I told you about him. I told, you did. Like, I've been saying. Mooney's legit. Also, David Montgomery, by the way, finally cracked the top top 100 NFL players list. So I'm very happy about him. Really happy for him about that. Can I just say, by the way, that David Montgomery came and spoke to the sports broadcasting camp I used to go to as a kid and was a counselor for. I am so upset that you weren't there for that and that I wasn't there for that because I like him. He was great. He was so good. Oh, you saw it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, because my sports broadcasting camp. I wish I'd done this when I was there, but they're so much more of an outreach now. Because oh, cool. they post a lot on Instagram and they just have social media people. Um, Jenna is the name that I can think of right now who really runs that social media department really well. But in any case, yeah. So they, they went to Chicago and David Montgomery was one of the guest speakers and they did like a mock press conference with oh, that's, him. That's sick. And he was great with the kids. Good so. for him. I, that makes me happy to hear that. But mm-hmm. anyway, I do want to say, yeah, like I'll talk more about the Bears in depth when we do our prediction episode, which is coming up soon. Yes, it is. Uh, but we should probably wrap this one up. Just because my dog is oh, getting crazy. Darius Leonard. He now goes oh, by Shaquille. Shaquille Leonard. He's yes. now Shaquille Leonard. Yes, he does. So, just another name in the fold. But, yeah, we can wrap this up. It's been fun, Elijah. Glad yes, we got to real. do this in person. Maybe yeah. we can do more in person oh, as we will. Uh, this, this goes along. Cause we you're, will. We you're going to be here now, which yes, is great. It is great. In any case, follow Elijah on Twitter. Easy Easy Sports Network, still up and running. You know it. And still got great content. You can follow me on Twitter at Noah Friedman underscore. And you can go find our podcast on Spotify and Apple and wherever you get your podcast. Cross Country Sports Podcast. First episode in three months, baby. Let's go. Shalom, friends.